action. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome back to What's the Vibe with Katie and Amy. Special two episodes yes. in one week. Katie, you left us hanging, girl. I know. What's the vibe? Fugitive Franklin. Oh, he is. Is the vibe. Yeah. I have a feeling there's more coming. There is. So much more. Yeah. Where is he? What's he up to? Yeah, I guess he went to California. He did. Yeah. So, taking you back, it's now 1974. Franklin's keeping a low profile. He is still evading the police. Finally a low profile. Literally. This is all it took. <laughs> Jeez. Before I tell you about Franklin, though, there are two families that I want to tell okay. you about. Let me get comfy. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about these two families. And then at the end, I will tell you how they get in touch with Franklin or how Franklin gets in touch with them. Okay. So I'm going to start with a woman named Sandra Brandenburg. Okay. okay. So far, I forgot to ask, have you heard of Franklin? I know I haven't told you his last name, but none of this sounds familiar to me. Okay. Now I'm wondering if the second part will. Okay. Cause I, this was a, apparently a pretty popular story. I mean, we're to 1974 now, the year of my birth. <laughs> so, Fair enough. so let's see. I don't know. At night, my mom's telling me, did you know there's a man named Franklin? I was already a scared kid. I didn't need that. I just mostly meant, I know you listen to other oh, yeah. podcasts. No, I, I'm constantly listening to true crime. I know. And if I'm, Flipping through the channel, I'm like, Aunt Kim was like the other day, was like, you want to come over and watch True Crime? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I don't mean to sidetrack. I love Law & Order SVU mm -hmm. just as much as the next person. You know, we did a whole episode on Mariska. I love Mariska. But doesn't that get depressing? That might be why my mental health is in the garbage. <laughs> or do you like find it interesting? I just find it interesting to, it's the psychology piece yeah. of it for okay. me. Like, why why and i mean it doesn't hurt to watch because i definitely stay vigilant like, yeah i'm definitely keeping an eye on my surround josiah my son is the most vigilant person i really ever. oh yeah he's always i sometimes i'll zone off and he'll be like, <laughs> did you see that crazy stuff over there and i'm like who what <laughs> so maybe where are we i'm just a confused <laughs> grandma <laughs> Sorry. You know grandma doesn't pay attention to knife wielding maniacs. But yes. sometimes it gets my senses up. Okay. I'll give it that. But yeah, you're right. Maybe I should try something else. I mean, no, if you like it, Jake loves it too, but I don't know. I need some a woman talking to ghosts or some, some lighter some drama stuff. or I something. need a ghost. I need something lighter. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. So Sandra Brandenburg, and I really have to think every time I say her name because Brandenburg. Brandenburg. Sandra Brandenburg. Brandenburg. Sometimes we lose the ability to use words. That's fun for a yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Sandra is a divorced mother of four from North Carolina, living in North Carolina when she meets a man named Brandon. 
Brandon Brandon Berg. <laughs> no, her okay. name was Brandon Berg. <laughs> I know, and it's confusing now. Yeah. Brandon Williams, I think is his name. Okay. So she hits it off with Brandon. They start dating. And she's like really um confiding in him on how stressed she is because she's having a hard time taking care of all four of the kids and she doesn't want them taken away. Oh. So Brandon loves the kids and says, let's get married then. I'll help you take care of them. We'll be a family. Aww. I know. wonder what that's like. I know. <laughs> I was just going to say, where'd she meet him? Because I'm having some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it in here, but I read an article that she said they met at church. Oh, that's the problem. I need to get up early on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. So they're together, and unfortunately, it's not all sunshine and roses. Not because of anything like Franklin, but Sandra gets arrested. What? Sandra? Now she has developed a habit of writing bad checks. Oh. That'll get you. Yep. I'm glad they took that check writing ability away. <laughs> I know. What are checks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she gets arrested and has to spend 30 days in jail in 1975. 30 days goes by. Sandra is released. She comes home. And what does she find? Oh, my gosh. They're all gone. All of them. Her kids and what? her husband. The place is empty. The place is empty. So she, she starts looking around like, what happened to my children? Yeah. And she goes to the police and she tells them, you know, I've been gone in direct quote mm. for 30 days. I've come home and everybody's gone. Can I file kidnapping charges? Maybe even against Brandon. Yeah. You know what the police told her? <sighs> You're a hysterical woman. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Because <laughs> you know that always makes me Yeah. Laugh. Oh, thank you. I feel so much better. <laughs> it's like, oh. Um, <laughs> I can go home now. <laughs> Kids. Thanks for letting me come in here and talk this through. <sighs> no, they told her that if Brandon did take the kids, he is their stepfather and he has a legal right to do so. So there's You want to talk out about a woman going on a crime spree. I am going to find my kids oh that's terrifying i know so she starts looking for her kids yeah she does end up finding her two middle daughters what where were they what the hell they were at a local church operated social services group so he dumped the two daughters mm -hmm. but her oldest daughter suzanne is missing and her youngest child philip is missing oh my god did the girls i mean oh i guess you're gonna get to it but this is crazy that is all i have about this family for right now oh my gosh i my vibe i should have included was cliffhangers yes your vibe is cliffhanger because i want to give you just little snippets mm. or little stories or backgrounds on these people and then i'm going to connect them and you'll see okay. what i mean so now, the time is 1988. 
All right. You know, we love the 80s in yeah, here. Yeah, we do. And there is a couple named Clarence and Tanya Hughes. Yeah. Living their best 80s life. Living their best 80s life. Rocking out to Lita Ford, Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're okay. We're in the 80s. I feel Joe better. Joe Jet is always <laughs> on my top list. Okay, I feel a little safer here. Okay. What's going on with this couple? So these guys live in New New Orleans. New Orleans. New, yeah. However New you want to say it. New Orleans. Nolans. Nolans. <laughs> they live in Nola. New Orleans, they speak Creole. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> they have one son together. His name is Michael. Okay. Michael was born just shortly before they got married. Dun dun. Dun dun. So a couple years goes past. Goes by. Thank you. Roll <laughs> <laughs> it together. And a couple of years goes by. And they're living life in the 80s. And they decide they're gonna move to Oklahoma. So in Oklahoma, what do you think their jobs were? 80s Oklahoma. They work together? No. Oh, okay. She was a custodian at an elementary school and he was a diesel mechanic. Wow, those are really good guesses. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> they were both wrong. Oh, well, they were so good. <laughs> <laughs> they were. Clarence worked at a local police station. Okay. He wasn't a police officer, but he worked there. And Tanya worked as an exotic dancer at the local strip club. Well, I was way off on Tanya. <laughs> I know. I had her at the grade school. Isn't that kind of weird, though? Like, yeah. police officer and stripper? Yeah. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just would never picture that. But okay. Yeah. Are you married to a police officer and are you a stripper? Oh. So comment below. Yeah. We can feature you on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would love that. We'll promote you. I will go to your work and tip. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, though. As this story continues to be depressing, <laughs> Clarence was very abusive to Tanya. towards Tanya okay. in every way possible. Dang. And it was really obvious to her coworkers. This is clicking. Is it coming together? This is clicking, yep. One woman at work even told Tanya. You need to leave him. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to get your stuff. I will help you leave this man. And Tanya was scared. Oh she gosh. said, I can't leave him. He'll kill me. He'll kill my son. Like, I can't. Mm. Another thing is, because he worked at the police station, part of the things that he would say to her is, I have connections. If you ever try to leave, I will find you. Yeah. Poor Tanya. This is terrible. I know. So Tanya stays with him. They're in Oklahoma for a couple of years when she meets a local college student named Kevin Brown. And she starts to hit it off with Kevin. And in secret, they start dating. Mm. And she feels safe with him. And he has um, told her, like, we could have a life together. Like, you, I'll keep you safe. So she says she's going to run away. She's going to take Michael and 
She's going to go and be with Kevin. Sadly, before she was able to do so, Tanya was found dead, the result of a hit and run while walking from a gas station or a grocery store to a Motel 6 that she was staying in. Working so hard as a stripper. I mean, that's hard work. Yeah. It's intimidating work. It's degrading work. When you're already getting all of those things at home. You're getting beat up at home. And then still living in a Motel 6. Like, what a depressing life. And then to be killed like that. Right. Mm. Clarence was a person of interest, but nothing really ever came of anything. Um, he His alibi was he was asleep while she was out getting groceries. Um, and they just, they were never able to press charges against anybody to this day. What? To this day. So I want to tell you a little bit about what happened to Michael, her son. So after Tanya's death, Michael was no good to Clarence. He put him into foster care and hit the road. Mm. Michael's foster family later said that he had very obvious signs of abuse as well. He was nonverbal. How old was he? I think he was six. He had limited muscle control. And when they first took him in, he would just have like very hysterical behavior, which I bet follows. Oh my gosh, poor kid. But the foster family loved him. He made a lot of progress and they decided to adopt him. Aww. In the meantime, part of the process to adopting, which I don't know if this is still a thing, but you have to do a DNA test. Okay. If your parents are still in the picture, are still alive. They have to sign, sign away their rights kind of thing. So yeah. You find the dad. So they found Clarence. It was pretty easy to do because he was in jail. I don't know why. <laughs> Went from working in there to staying there. Right. And they did a DNA test. It turns out Michael wasn't even his son. Did he think it was? Yes. Oh. Dum, dum. And he was mad mm. because he thought that was his son. In his eyes, he was Michael's father. Although he just dropped him off at a Right, you didn't care that much. Right. It was about control. Mm -hmm. So a few months go by. The adoption is processed because he doesn't have any legal rights to him. And Michael's living a good life with his adopted family. He's at school one day when Clarence shows up, forces the principal mm -hmm. at gunpoint to the what? classroom and abducts both Michael and the principal. This man is unhinged. Unhinged. No wonder he's going to be in the same track as Franklin. Whoa. Bring Franklin back into this. I know. <laughs> I'm almost there. Okay, I'm okay, okay. There. So he ends up taking the principal to a wooded area and handcuffing him to a tree. Okay. And just leaves him. Okay. Thank God. I mean, 
I wanted to leave me too. Right. <laughs> they, him and Michael are on the run. Much like Franklin. It's gone. They're gone. They're fugitives. And Michael's in so much danger. So much danger. And probably so scared. <laughs> Poor kid. Two months later, Clarence was found in Louisville, Kentucky and arrested. Okay. Sadly, Michael was nowhere to be found. So I've told you Franklin's story. Mm. I've told you the story about Sandra and Brandon and their four kids. And now I've told you about Clarence, Tanya, and Michael. Do you know how they connect? I do. Okay. I do. I had a feeling you would. Yeah. For those that don't. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it again. Yeah. Starting back with Franklin. While he was on the run. After skipping out on his court date, he begins to live his life under a new name, Brandon Williams. Oh, my gosh. Where he meets Sandra and her four children. Oh. The saddest part to me, though, was, so we know that the four kids were just gone when she came home. He left to the little boy was actually put into an adoption agency and barely, very quickly adopted out. Oh. Um, Suzanne was the youngest girl's name. Sorry, there's a lot of names in yeah. here. Franklin took Suzanne, gave her a new name, and I left out a whole chunk because they actually start by moving to a town under the last name Marshall, I'm the dad. This is my daughter. And they he raises her. Disgusting. Abusing her the, the whole, whole time. time. At one point, she was even pregnant and forced to give her baby up for adoption. Oh. So in 2014, it was confirmed that Tanya Hughes, who was killed in the hit and run, was actually young Suzanne. Tragic. So I know there's a lot of names, but really just looking at the two people, he abducted Suzanne, mm -hmm. raised her, forced her to marry him. And then what everybody assumes still to this day has not been confirmed is he killed her. Oh, in that for sure. Something, a little side note that I saw. I'm going to put a bunch of pictures up of Suzanne. She was so smart. Oh. She was had plans to go to college to work in aerospace engineering. Wow. Like, she had big dreams. Wow. Even after a terrible childhood. Gosh. So, do you know where Franklin is today? I don't. So, time out. Just so I'm clear. Franklin became Brandon Williams and then Clarence. Yep. So he, he was all three people. He became Brandon, abducted Sandra's daughter, changed their names to Clarence and Tanya. Mm. 
and forced her to marry him mm. after he raised her. So in 2002, Michael was arrested and charged with the abduction of Michael. He did later state that he shot him twice in the back of the head and buried him in Oklahoma. Wow. He was never found. Then while he was awaiting trial, it was also determined that while Suzanne or Tanya was working at the strip club, he murdered one of the dancers that she was working oh with. Oh my gosh. So he was charged with her murder. He's a serial killer at this point. He was convicted and sentenced to death. He sat on death row until January 23rd, 2023. This year. This year. When he died of natural causes at the age of 79. Damn. I know. I know. When I was like, oh, death row. Oh. Oh. Dead. Yeah. It's not fair. They shouldn't get to die peacefully in their no. cell. Like, what's taking so just what does they have line to up. Appeals? I don't even Why? I don't understand it. So that was the very confusing, messy, two-part story of Franklin. And I wanted to tell the story in two parts because kind of like you said in the last episode, it doesn't excuse his behavior, but can you imagine what he wouldn't have done had mm. he been in a loving home. Nurtured at right. once. But had, a, yeah. had one single person. I'm mm. not saying he would have never done any of those things, but I mean, to what degree? Oh, man. So there is a Netflix documentary on telling the story of Suzanne. Okay. It's called Girl in the Picture. And I haven't watched it, but I did look up like the trailer mm -hmm. and some articles on it. Her mother, Sandra, is in it. Oh. And her biological father is in it. So they they kind of talk about their point of view, I guess, from what I understand. Um, but it's called Girl in the Picture. The child that she placed for adoption, mm -hmm. were they ever able to? No. Oh. But I did see that. So I... I know I already mentioned it, but they ended up doing or finding through DNA that the youngest child, Philip, had been adopted uh -huh. and was is still alive. Oh, good. He now lives under a different name with his adopted family. Yeah. So. Man, she had her kids stolen. It's not fair. I am a monster. Man. Katie, that was so great because that was a hard story to tell. That was so confusing. So know? many moving parts. Gosh. And I wanted. Excuse me. I wanted to be able to tell you. I wanted something with a twist. I had a lot of twists. I feel a little stressed. And I didn't want to say, well, Franklin then became this guy. I wanted you to right. meet these people and then be like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> that was Franklin the whole time? I had heard this maybe a long time ago and maybe not all of it. but And it still took me a minute to, to be like, together. Franklin, Brandon, Clarence, same monster. Yeah. Man. So... Crazy. I, can't, I can't wait to hear mm. what your vibe is. I hope it's something crazy like the Floridians. No, so, it's no? not. Is my, it depressing? Uh, I'll do my best here. Okay. It's okay if it is. I get it. Well, my vibe is callbacks. Okay. Callbacks. Yes. Um, dun, dun. Dun, dun. 
because remember you told the story of, and forgive me, you might have to say her name, Alexi Trivio. I can't even say her name. I was editing the video and I was like, that's not how you say her name, Katie. What is it? I think it's Alexi Trevizo. Trevizo. Okay. I kept saying Trevizio. Oh, Alexi Trevizo. And I said, I'm going to tell you the prom mom story. Oh, yes. So I am going to tell you that story. But first, I kind of got wrapped up in the history of baby boxes. Okay. So I kind of want to tell you that because you might be surprised how long that, that that's been an option for people. Wow. Okay. So they used to be called baby hatches. Okay. And they have existed for centuries. Centuries? Centuries. Did you know that? Centuri century is a hundred years, correct? So I'm saying centuries, hundreds and hundreds of years. What? Women have had, I mean, not oh, in every area, but this has been a problem and an idea for a long, long time. So I'm going to kind of, a lot of this is straight from Wikipedia, but I think it's really interesting. Okay. So... They said, quote, direct quote. Direct whoa. <laughs> the system was quite common in medieval times. Wow. I and mean, this has been going on forever. From 1198, the first foundling wheels is what it used to be called. It almost was like a wheelbarrow that they would leave out and you could put your baby in there if you didn't want it. Really? So um, let's see here. <laughs> That's so interesting. I didn't know that. I know. It's crazy. <clears throat> so I'm going to tell you more about these foundling wheels, which again, think baby boxes. Right. In France, foundling wheels were introduced by St. Vincent de Paul, who built the first foundling home in 1638 in Paris. Foundling wheels were legalized in an imperial decree of January 19, 1811. At their height, there were 251 what? available in France. They were in hospitals. However, the number of children left there rose into the tens of thousands per year as a result of the desperate economic situation Aww. at the time. So you, there's no birth control. Yeah, that's true. So it was just, it was a problem. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just, know. I got like a stray cat vibe. Like, I know babies just being left. Yeah. Everywhere. And in 1863, they were closed down. What? And replaced by, it says admission offices where mothers could give up their children anonymously, but could also receive advice. The Tours de Abandon, because this is in oh, France, oui. yeah, were officially abolished in law on June 27, 1904. Today in France, women are allowed to give birth anonymously in hospitals wow. and leave their baby there. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So France is ahead of us. Like, they, that should be a thing here. Yeah. So. Oh, Wow. One main reason many babies have been abandoned, especially in the past, was that they were born out of wedlock. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Today, baby hatches are more often intended to be used by mothers who are unable to cope with looking after their child and do not wish to divulge their identity. So, in third world countries, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's just been a, a huge problem. Having, being able to go to the hospital, 
have a safe delivery and be able to leave. Those babies are so much safer. Because, I mean, what if a mom is really that panicked or scared? Even if she plans to take the baby to a safe haven, what could happen in that 24, 48 hours that she has that baby and takes it home? Right. You know, thinking about it now, maybe that is an option for us. Like, could say I have a baby. (laughs) It has been nine months. (laughs) Yeah, it's been nine months. I birth. What's the vibe? (laughs) It's getting weird up in here. I, th- I mean, I guess I could go to the hospital and be like, don't tell anybody I'm here and help me contact an adoption agency. Yeah, I guess. I don't feel like it's talked enough about, though, if that is like a true option right. where people could. I'm sitting here questioning it. Do that. And yeah. Help. Yeah. Because okay. is it not? Because there, there are baby boxes. So. Right. Interesting. But and I think it was you that posted on our Facebook page that Indiana has more baby boxes available than any other state yes. in the United States. Yep. And I saw that they just actually put another one. I think it was open two or three days ago. Mm. I don't remember where, but it was in Indiana. So I think we're up to 104 now. But I remember when I saw maybe on the local news that they got one in Wimsport, which I'm from a very small town, Attica, Indiana. Mm. Wimsport is the next town over. So I love that it's getting into those rural communities too. But I tell you all of that and the history of baby boxes and remind everybody that that is an option to tell you about prom mom. Prom mom. Remember I said this reminds me of the prom mom story. So this is before your time. This happened in 1997. Before my time? <laughs> I was just a wee baby. What year were you? 1996. Yes. Yeah. And her mom decided, I'll take this baby. <laughs> I'll keep her. <laughs> She's okay, I guess. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't before your time. But it was a weird time to me because I, I can remember 1997. You cannot. <laughs> right. And I remember going to my prom in 1992. And so I, I was putting myself there and I'm like, what did I know about options if you got pregnant? I certainly knew about abortion. Mm-hmm. I knew about adoption. Right. I knew about teen moms. There were teen moms in my school, like everybody's school. Yeah. So, but one thing I never thought about doing. <laughs> yeah, tell me more. Was concealing my entire pregnancy and then smothering a baby. I never considered that as an option. I can't even imagine the stress just the weight you would feel trying to conceal an entire pregnancy i don't know some women just carry different or like look different when they're pregnant i'll see if i can find a pregnancy picture okay we can put it up here because there was no hiding it okay so wild let alone Putting on a strapless prom dress at nine months pregnant. Let me just show you. Nine months. Nine months. This is a picture of Melissa Drexler the night she delivered her baby. What? She. First of all, she doesn't even look like a high school student. (laughs) I know. Do you think she looks older? Yeah, me too. Yeah. But. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't look pregnant either. So 
she went to her senior prom. She was 18 years old and she had never told the father that she was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Her and her friend went into the bathroom and she told her friend, I'm having a very heavy period. So go tell our dates that I'm going to be a while. Okay. She was in the bathroom for 20 minutes, Katie. 20 minutes. Delivers a live baby alone. Other people reported after the fact that they would go into the bathroom and they thought someone was having sex in the stall because of the groaning and right. the noises that she was making. I will not reenact that. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why that was even an option, but I considered it for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is not funny. Then she used the rat the like jagged edge of the side of the trash can to sever the umbilical. Oh. Me. I have a question. That you can or do not have to answer. How long were you in labor for your first baby? Because I don't know if you do it, but I sure do get a lot of hard times from my mom. I was in labor with her for so many hours every year that my birthday comes around. Right. right. So what are these, Alexi? Now this girl, 20 minutes? I'm so glad you asked that question. Because, yeah, it takes a while. Like, I remember being at home and, like, uh, hey, listen. This is the first three back pains. I was like, we got to go to the hospital. Right. We've got to go to the hospital. I'm going to need pain meds soon. So, and then I was at the hospital for another probably 10 hours. Right. Before Gabe was born. Like, it takes a while. But what what uh, Melissa Drexler didn't tell anybody is before she even started getting ready for prom, her water had broke. And she thought it was a good idea to still go to prom? What? I would be so scared. You, I mean, okay, you're 18 years old. You know that once your water breaks, you're going to have a baby. Yes. Yeah. Period. Why would you put on a formal gown, take pictures, and then go to the prom? Because a baby is coming. I mean, you could at least put your dress on, take pictures, and then be like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to stay home. That would have been the safer option for her to deliver this baby at home. Wow. So, after she severs the umbilical cord herself in the ladies' room at prom, what? <laughs> she finds, this is 1997, she finds a trash bag, probably, you know how I do this at work, I'll put more trash bags on yeah, the bottom the of the trash can. So probably a spare trash bag. I use the baby inside and puts it in the trash can. What? The baby was not crying? Not like after she smothered it. Wow. She then, there are, there are conflicting reports, but the popular, at least um, word on the street is <laughs> 1997. She went out to the DJ and requested a song. Shut up. 1997. Can you guess the band? The band? I like playing this. Was Can it you guess? The Offspring? <laughs> Think heavy metal. 
ACDC? Oh, yeah. That's not a bad guess. She actually requested Unforgiven by Metallica. Why? 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 And then danced. Just pretended like nothing happened? Nothing happened. Not a single other person knew she was pregnant? No. What? Uh, later, people were like, we had no, no clue. She was described as polite, quiet, reserved. She had dreams of being a fashion designer, going to fashion school. She was going to get a part-time job that summer, working in a boutique before she went to college. You're telling me she didn't start eating more? She didn't gain an extra three pounds? Like, what? Apparently not. Somebody reports a mess. In the bathroom. Katie, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. How do you... You don't just give birth and go back to dancing. She will. You do. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to, at least. So, the janitor went in there to clean up the mess, picked up the trash bag, and realized the weight of it. She was pulled aside because everybody knew she had been in the bathroom. Forever. For a long time immediately confesses what yeah why not just why not just leave the baby in there alive then like her parents are called they're in total denial they meet her at the police station i mean obviously she has to go to the hospital so you have to deliver a placenta too it's disgusting but it is a thing i'm now i'm picturing you grew up in a small town i grew up in a small town Everybody knows everybody's business. So the moment the the music stops, comes to a halt in the middle of prom, everybody is in formal wear. She ruined prom in 1997. (laughs) Did they even get to have prom after the next year? Like, I'd be... (laughs) Pregnancy test at the door. Right. Yeah. Wow. As part of a plea agreement... Drexler, Melissa Drexler, pled guilty to aggravated manslaughter on August 20th, 1998. As of 2011, court transcripts have not been released. She was sentenced to 15 years in prison. On November 26, 2001, she was freed on parole after serving three years Wow, one month. That's a lot different than what it sounds like from what I've read that Alexi's going to be sentenced too. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I have her age, but obviously she's like, what? 44 or something right now. Um, Cause she'd be younger than me. Yeah. Um, I did read that. She is now married with two living children, but she will forever be labeled. Oh, that is, I wonder if her children know that story. How could they not? You search prom mom on TikTok and you're going to find some stories about it. It's still very, around that same time, there was another, um, her name was Amy Grossberg. I'm not going to tell that story. We're, we're done with these baby <laughs> stories after this. But <clears throat> her and her boyfriend conspired together, got a hotel room. I think I've heard that story. Yeah, and delivered and then threw the baby in the dumpster. I would like to say it was the time and, and people weren't as educated, but Trevisio right. was this past year. Right. So we we got to keep educating people that there are other options. And so if you're scared of your parents, hey, that, that ain't shit compared to prison. 
prison. Prison. The, tell and, tell and, what it's like having no windows. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and the weight of carrying around that you murdered your baby. Right. Oh, my gosh. Especially, like, when you have, you now have two kids, and they're growing up, and they're getting older, and they're experiencing life. Doesn't that make you wonder what the other child's life would have right. been like? Right. Um, just the other day, there was a nurse, and... You, you probably will. I'll tell you after. We're not okay. hearing, there was a nurse at our work uh, and I was talking to her and I was somehow it came up and I was like, how is that even possible? And she said, I don't understand it because if we have a, and she's an emergency room nurse. Oh, if we have a patient in the emergency room and they're in the bathroom for more than three minutes, we're up in there. Wow. Because they could faint. They could yeah, hemorrhage. They could, true. whatever's going on with them, they shouldn't be alone. If right. they've come in through the emergency room. So that's just an interesting tidbit, tidbit for your case where she was able to do that in the hospital. For even. 20 minutes. So I just wanted to, to do a little callback. I said I would tell you about the problem. So now I have. Thank you. That's all I've got for this. Ah, uh, well, that is the women on a wild ride. <laughs> we made it dark. It right. But yeah. Uh, well, that concludes another episode of What's the Vibe for this two-parter. It's been so fun. We haven't done a two-part or a surprise or anything kind yeah. of crazy yet this season. So that's exciting. But that's all we've got for today. So stay vibing. <laughs>